corpses collide once again unusuals. It's another episode of Gravely Unusual Lives. We've invited a familiar duo to join us tonight. Scott Brian Wilson and Tom Napolitano. They've come to discuss the struggles, hustle, and grind of the comic book industry. Speaking of grind, we also have a very special musical guest at the end of our show. All the way from Massachusetts, Sharp Object. I guess I need to ask, are you unusual? Try something in comics. My mom told me that one day your body's gonna give up on you, so you should try to do art because you can do art for the rest of your life. And she's she would know she's an artist too she does sculpture she learns a new trade every two years because she gets bored uh so i went to school at sva and did that whole deal they have a cartooning uh program there and then uh i worked at a bookstore after graduating and then uh i called out to one of my teachers which was klaus jansen of inking fame and uh, he said, I know a guy who needs a temp at DC Comics. So then I started temping at DC Comics in the archiving room. And I worked my way up to uh, being a full-time employee and then pre-press and then lettering. And then I left and then I continued lettering from there. And that's good, I guess, growing up around someone who kind of understands being into art and stuff. It's always good to have someone supportive of, you know, being involved in your interest, I suppose. Totally. But yeah. it's also a pain in the ass because <laughs> she is a master of every fucking thing she does. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the, what was like the first uh, what was the first project you did with DC? Uh, lettering wise? Yeah. Or... Yeah. Lettering. Lettering. Lettering was. Well, technically, the first thing I lettered was the, uh, what was that called? Oh, uh, Convergence uh, Batgirl. And I think it was the second issue of the Convergence series, because there was, there was like a weird, DC moved from New York to LA, and there was this weird transitional phase where people could leave before they transitioned, so they could work sooner as freelancers, because there's all this, like paperwork shit so people left so i picked up some of their books to fill in and then uh the first book that was published that i lettered was actually futures End 43 a bunch of people i keep looking behind me because it's hung up in my office but yeah that was that was the first thing batgirl convergence and you're on how what 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 are you currently doing you're doing um you, you you did Justice League, right? Correct. And yeah. Uh, uh, what did you do last night on Earth too? Right. Did last night on Earth just finished Dark Knight's Death Metal? I'm going to be on the upcoming Joker series, Future State books. That's my DC run right there. So how how did you and uh, how did you and Tom kind of connect? Because you guys have collaborated on almost you know you guys almost everything in Gravely Unusual, and you guys have done uh, you guys did the Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys too. So you guys have kind of done a lot of projects together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean I, Tom and I worked together at DC 
Tom was like the guy I could go to when I needed something fucking done and done right the first time. Um, when I, I didn't have time to fuck around. So, you know, I, I always remembered that even though he, he actually went to California for a while when the company moved there, I didn't. Um, but I always remembered that he was just super fucking reliable and cool to work with. So when I was, I had some creator own stuff that I was doing and I needed a letterer. So I just emailed Tom cause he was freelance at that point. And I was like, you know, Hey, you, you still you interested in, you know, doing something. And so, you know, we did a few things like that. And then I knew he was also drawing. So I said, Hey, do you want to, you know, you want to fucking draw some stuff? What was the first thing that we worked on that you drew Tom? That was the, um, the, um, unswerving reflection. I always forget unswer- your name. Unswer- you unswer- unswerving <laughs> honesty of reflections. There we go. Yeah, that was the first one we did. That was the first thing we did together, but, and we liked it and we thought it came out really well. So we did a bunch of stories after that. We've always just kind of kept working together in some capacity. We just finished a thing recently. It's the longest thing we've done together. It's 24 pages. We're trying to figure out, you know, what to do with it. I think once there's a resolution to the pandemic, that will sort of help us figure out, you know, what we want to do with it. But uh, it's, it's called uh, Caves Inside of Caves. It's a real fucked up horror story, just like everything else we've done together. So we're pretty excited about it. And that one's unique because I came to Scott for that one i said i've been working on this yeah that's true cartoonish style and i was wondering if you had anything i could apply it to yeah uh, I, and i actually didn't have anything i said but i'll write you something because <laughs> you know as a comics writer if an artist comes to you and is like hey i want to draw something you don't say yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll get back to you you say yeah i'll write it right this fucking second you know yeah. so uh, yeah definitely definitely yeah i've, I've had a similar experience that uh, i had an artist be like i feel like you're you know perfect person for this kind of pitch that i'm going for and it's because he saw the collaboration that me and you did tom the um the short all right another one where i came at you yeah 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 (laughs) and uh you know he was like i this kind of idea is kind of similar to this guy stranded somewhere so i was like and it has to do with like dracula or something so i was like all right and instantly you know i'm like wrote the script in like you know like a week and i was like oh here you go man um so i mean nothing really has come of it yet but you know i, I definitely understand where you come from when the artist kind of comes to you you're like you know i got to do this you know it's a missed opportunity if not yeah for sure because you know the the time you're dicking around you know thinking about it some other writer is going to come along and, and say hey man you, you got some time and you know Right. Uh, you got to take advantage of that, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Obviously, you know, S- Scott, we've talked about the whole horror aspect, you know, kind of your interest in horror. And I, I see, Tom, you looks like you have a, is that a Texas Chainsaw poster back there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. It's the uh, Francesco Francavalli. I'm probably butchering his name, but he's pretty famous, Mondo. And I think he's doing some comics. I think he's on a project with Scott Snyder. He also does... Not the Blue Beetle, Black Beetle. I think he has his yeah, own he, call that or something. Does that? He just like Archie covers. So He's are you? Cool are up. you a horror fan, uh, Tom? Oh hell yeah! I I also in this room have a Toxic Avenger poster and uh, a Mobius Death poster that uh, awesome. somebody at DC Comics was throwing out. Heck yeah, that's awesome. How does horror, uh, you know, influence you basically as an artist, or doesn't? Uh, it absolutely influences me. Like horror is my favorite genre, 
uh, I have a stack of Bernie Wrightson behind me, and uh, I, I can't get enough of horror. Uh, I feel like it's just the most human like story to tell like yeah. a, a, like an adventure comic isn't good unless the stakes are high and if the stakes are high you're getting into he- horror territory because like there should be a horrific situation that somebody overcomes right not everything's a rom-com you know and rom-coms might be the most i enjoy rom-com i'm not going to talk shit about it but <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying, like, it's not reality. Where horror, like, everyday life is pretty horrific. Like, today there was a bomb hoax, like, down the street at a Home Depot. And it was just, like, before I found out it was a hoax, it was a real horror moment. You know, I wasn't in immediate danger, but stress doesn't know that. Right. Right, yeah, Yeah, that's definitely a cool way to put it. I went to the post office today. It's funny you said something like that, just like an everyday occurrence. I went to the post office today, and... There was someone, I guess they knew me, but I really didn't know who they were. But the face kind of seemed oddly familiar. And they kept, like, looking back towards me and, like, breathing heavily. I, I kind of, like, looked away. I didn't want to, like, make eye contact with them because it was kind of sketching me out. And they were like, hey, how are you? I'm like, um, h- how are you? H- how are you doing? <laughs> you know? And it was just like, I was like, I don't know who this person is. Are they, like, they kind of look like a stalker, serial killer type right. person. So... <laughs> You know, for a, a brief second at the post office, that became like a, you know, a terror, terrorizing moment. Just like that's just something as simple going to the post office, drop off a package, you know, or even go more mundane. Like uh, when you had to study for a math uh, or you had a math test and you didn't study for it. That was like a horrific moment. It's like comedic, like now as an adult, because who cares about a math test? But like in that moment, your endorphins are uh, maybe not endorphins. I don't know the word I'm looking for. Adrenaline's going and your heart races and you're like, how am I going to get through this? And that's what horror stories are about. It's about getting through something or not, right. which is life. <laughs> right. Yeah, or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or not. Uh, it's funny, too, like uh, with ex- you were talking about adventure. Once it starts, the stakes are too high, it becomes horror. Any, and I feel like any genre, especially, you know, just in general hard genres once they kind of amp up past their you know tropes it can always go into the horror territory even like with like a western or you know adventure any kind of pulp aspect uh crime always can take a turn for the worst and turn horror really yeah i mean look at jurassic park it's probably like one of the most well-loved adventure movies but the first one is legitimately a horror movie definitely dude when i first saw it when i was like three years old i had to you know be taken out of the room like it it was my mom thought maybe hey this is a good movie for you know little kids to see in the theater (laughs) i remember the terrorizing image of like the lightning striking and the t-rex roaring and i'm dude tears just dropped like i just could not could not take it. I had to get out of there. And now, I mean, now it's one of my favorite movies, but you know, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. When I was a kid, that, that for me was the thriller video, the, the Michael Jackson thriller video, uh, wow. scared the shit out of me. Yeah. When that first came out, it was terrifying. Cause you could, it was the, the video I think was like 10 or 15 minutes long. And, uh, so the, it, you know, it, it was sort of extended version of the song and it had Vincent price and everything in it. And then, it was released on its own and on a videotape and you could go to the video store and you could actually just rent this like 15 minute thriller video. And 
we rented it. My, me, my brother and I thought that would be something we wanted to watch for some reason. And we rented that and it was just terrifying. <laughs> I mean, I think the effects on that, um, when he turns into like the Werecat, I think Rick Baker might have done Werecat. those or Stan Winston, one of those guys that did, you know, special effects back then. Um, I mean, that was a terrifying, like, when he like roars and the yellow eyes and shit that used yeah. to freak the shit you know freak the hell out of me so yeah, yeah definitely definitely anything can be scary really so very interesting aspect to kind of dissect horror and how it you know everybody else's opinion on it. it's very cool you know and so so like you guys you guys are working on a, a horror project but scott scott you talked a little bit about it can you guys give us like a little bit of information on kind of what it is exactly or anything that you're willing to you know disclose well i can say like art wise i uh, for some reason i was very inspired by like uh, for some reason tim burton like was inspiring me that like month and i was like i think i do too much like why i should try to like loosen up be more expressive i feel like a lot of like better comic artists are more expressive with their art even though you know, it can, it can work in a horror sense or in a serious sense, and it has a, a bit more versatility. So I was playing with something along that lines. And oh, uh, I was I was asked I was commissioned for something, but the person backed out. So I had I had come up with this Tim Burton esque style for this other story. It was just going to be a spot illustration and they backed out and I was really interested in the style and I begged Scott to write something. Yeah, and I think if I recall, yeah, so the the story is about just in a nutshell, it's about a uh, a sheriff and the sheriff's deputy who are alerted that a a woman who has gone missing has been spotted in in a cave and they have to go into the cave to see if she's there and you know, it gets it gets bad from there. But yeah, so so Tom, you know, had had asked about doing this little cartoony style and I was like, yeah, you can do a cartoony style, but we're still going to do horror. Right. That's going to make it even fucking weirder because, you know, it's this weird it's this terrifying story with, you know, this 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 less realistic art, you know, than what he had done you know previously. But I think originally we had talked like, oh, let's do maybe eight pages. And I started writing it. I think I called him and I said, man, there's no way this is going to be eight pages. This is like <laughs> fucking 20 pages. But I didn't want to just like eat all his time, you know, and make him draw 20 pages. So we found some creative ways to stretch the art out and make it. I don't want to say more because it'll give away bits of the story. But we found a way to sort of stretch the art out and reuse uh, some of the panels so that he could do the work once, but we could get two or three pages out of it, and and, and just by making some small adjustments to it. Um, and then the, I guess the other thing that's 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 interesting about it is Tom is the you know professional letterer, one of the one of the best uh, letterers in comics. I said to him, and I maybe I even said this on the last time I was on the podcast. I said, um, "Hey, what would you think about if if I lettered it?" Right. Which is just like the fucking dumbest thing. Um, but honestly, I was th- I was thinking I don't want to put any more on his plate and I want to learn to letter a little bit. So he was like, yeah, go for it. And I think I said, like, I remember telling you this on the last podcast, but I said to him, uh, yeah. And, you know, if it sucks, you know, you can you can just do it. And he goes, no, if it sucks, you can just do it until it doesn't suck. Um, which, and what? How, how many times have I relettered it? I think four times. Right. Yeah, so, four times. It's like uh, a sensei just, on you, dude. A sensei. <laughs> I, dude, I just I just kept, you know, I, I, I did the first time. I knew it sucked. So I scrapped it. I did it again. I showed it to him. He sent me back a fucking long list of shit to fix. And it's all like shit like, oh, 
right? Like just, I didn't know that this is something as a letterer you have to look out for. So go back, redo it, you know? And then I think I had sat on it for at least a year. And then I, I had been lettering in, um, in, uh, in clip studio paint and I switched to illustrator. Um, and then I realized I wanted to just redo the whole thing in illustrator. So I think that's sort of where we landed. Uh, and that was recently we were looking at it again. We hadn't looked at it in a minute. Uh, we we're like, yeah, I think this holds up. All right. So we're, we're pretty happy about it, but I don't know what we're going to do. I think we had originally talked about, we would, um, we would just publish it ourselves. And then, you know, there's, we're in, we're in, you know, he's in New York, I'm in New Jersey. Uh, but there's a ton of like medium sized shows here. Yeah. We'll just get a table at a couple shows. We'll move some copies that way, move some units. And then, you know, COVID hit and we haven't, so we haven't actually done anything with it. So maybe once, once we get shows up and running again, uh, we'll, uh, we'll print some up or maybe we'll do something else with it. I don't know. Maybe there's a different opportunity now. So we'll see. I, I like, I really can't wait to hear about this because the, even just the, what you mentioned about the missing person being seen in a cave, that sounds super, uh, super existential, kind of the style that you always go with, but very, uh, very interested. It sounds very weird. Yeah, I think, I think I wanted to write about a cave because when I was a kid, we went on a uh, Boy Scout trip to this fucking cave. Uh, you know, we went spelunking in this fucking cave. And, you know, I remember the parts where you had to like, they were really tight getting through. And then suddenly you're in this giant cavern and like being there and just realizing like I'm under a fucking mountain underground somewhere and being kind of terrified by that. But the worst part was when they decided to tell us about some dude who had gotten lost in there in the fucking dark and went crazy. Right. Which was a real thing that happened, I guess. And they were just telling us to give us the information. And of course, I was fucking petrified about it. Uh, and then when it was time to sleep, because, of course, we spent the night in the cave, they turned all the fucking lights off and it's the blackest fucking black, darkest dark you can imagine. And it was fucking terrifying. It was fucking terrifying. I don't know how I slept, but uh, or managed to sleep. But it, it was uh, it was terrifying. I think at, since then, I have always sort of had this. I've never gone back in a cave after that. And I think since then, I've always sort of thought of it as this like really fucking existentially terrifying place so i think when tom wanted to do this i was like just dug deep into the uh you know the the fucking bag of my fears and said let's 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 do this cave story so so that's how that's where that came from yeah yeah there's definitely something about caves that are interesting you know they're they're kind of like ancient shelters almost but there's this fear of the unknown that you don't really know what could lurk behind it really anything can be inside there so yeah totally hey, and, once, and once and once the fucking lights are out those things are gonna come out and get you you know for sure for sure <laughs> yeah we used to take like trips fuck- to caves all the time and there would be you know like i know my 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 wife is still terrified of caves she won't go in them and you know i'm like oh, i'll i'll check them out but when you think about it you're like there's a certain point where you're like i'm not going past this point I, there has to be some artificial light or something because total darkness is like total lack of control so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely something yeah. primitive and pr- uh, primal within that kind of fear, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's not. It, it, it's like it's kind of a similar topic that you, Scott, that you used in that other thing we did. Uh, uh, providential entombment. Yeah. 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 Where that's, that's a you very... can't see anything, and it's just dialogue. That's such an interesting approach to a comic book for being just, just like literally dialogue driven, but 
it just like it doesn't even it doesn't read like you're reading you know prose or just reading you know words it actually you know carries itself you feel like you're really in the dark in that that comic so yeah yeah no i think there's definitely something to be said about that you know as, as just this fucking like the sort of the worst thing just total you know deprivation um uh, I don't know. It, 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 yeah, it's it's definitely something I guess that, you know, I, I have a lot of recurring themes in my work that I see. And sometimes I'm like, all right, you've already written about, you know, somebody with no arms and no legs today. So maybe you could write about something else for once, you know, like there's these 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 sort of these fears I have. Right. That I come to I come back to because, you know, they mean to me, they're very psychologically meaningful uh, you know, but, you know, you have to sort of say sometimes like, you know, maybe everybody else isn't gonna be terrified by the same shit you are. So maybe you could find something else to write about, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that approach to a comic book ever. So, I mean, that's definitely, you know, applause to you guys for pulling that off because I've got a lot of compliments on it from, you know, other readers and stuff. They're like, that was fucking crazy. That ending is nuts. That's great. You know, so. Yeah. That's great. Maybe, that may be the record for the fastest time a uh, seven-page comic has been made, too. <laughs> I think we, we did that in, like, two hours or something. It was nothing at all. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Tom, what are you drinking? What was that? Just a bourbon neat. Oh, what bourbon you got there? What is it? Uh, it's a Basil Hayden. All right. All right. I don't have any beverages in here with me, unfortunately. I finished my wine. Okay. <laughs> I came, uh, I came unprepared. <laughs> um, do you guys have anything else, you know, uh, singularly, uh, separate from each other, like, uh, coming up that, uh, you want to talk about? Yeah. I mean, I have, um, I have a, a graphic novel with dynamite coming out, um, from the property altered carbon, which is a sci-fi series of novels. It was also made it to a Netflix TV series for a couple seasons. So I wrote that, uh, that's coming out probably april may something like that and then i have um i have a series for dc that hasn't been announced yet um but we're working on that we're working on the uh i'm, I'm writing the fourth script right now so it's it's this will be the first time i've got to write um a long uh a long story and then um just a couple of creator on things including um my book uh true cult that i that i did with uh or that i'm doing with liana kangas um, you know, we're the first issues out, uh, you can buy it. Uh, we're making it available on our, uh, on a gum road page for now. Um, so if you just Google, uh, or go to truecultcomic.com, it's T R V E K V L T comic.com. Uh, you can check that out too. I did a short story with my friend Rick Matthews and, uh, Scott even proofread it for us and, we got that in Midnight Tales number four, which will be coming out in spring twenty twenty one. Oh, dude! Fucking congrats, man! Oh, thanks, that's man! Awesome. Yeah, cool. Nice job, man! You didn't tell me. That's awesome. And uh, I'm working on two pitches. One's a fantasy pitch. I'm working with uh, another friend, Rashim Johnson. Uh, it's it's going to be fantasy based. I'm really digging how the pitch is. It's the it's the furthest along pitch I have right now, and it's looking really really great. Hope something happens with that. And uh, I'm working on a sci-fi pitch with Steve Wands, a fellow letterer. Oh, yeah. So. Awesome. I have a little less duties in the sci-fi pitch, so that might be getting put together quicker than... So what are you doing on the, what are you doing on the fantasy pitch? Are you, are you, are you uh, drawing it? Are you doing the art? 
the fantasy pitch i was almost doing everything but the writing but uh we got a inker and a colorer yeah man that's a that's a heavy burden that's a heavy load on a creator on book i mean it makes sense to do as much as you can on a creator on book but yeah. it also is so much time you know and that's you have to sort of weigh that you know as against you know the value of your time yeah that that's pretty much pretty much i was holding it up because i just couldn't make t- like i had to make money and then yeah yeah then work on this also and I, I, there was just not enough time so i split the load on that but I, i'm the designer of the pitch and yeah. you know artist is already you gotta be an architect you gotta be a scientist you gotta be a clothing designer it's it's yeah. already a tough job yeah uh, the sci-fi, I'm just doing the penciling and the inking, so uh, everything else is split up on that. I'm not doing any of the design stuff. That's all to the master Steve Wands. Yeah, that's great. And wh- how much stuff are you lettering these days? Full load? Uh, it's finally slowing down. The the holiday, like November and December, it was just obnoxious. I was just, I was a mess, like... My face went numb, and I, <laughs> I found out I had TMJ, so I was, like, clenching my teeth too much while I was working, I guess. Oh, shit. So, new-wise, I got two books uh, with humanoids. I'm going to be doing a biography comic. I don't know if I can be more specific than that on that, but uh, I also lettered uh, Shy Ninja. I mentioned the DC stuff before, so they got yeah. enough. They got enough uh airtime. Man, that's a, that's a lot of... That's a hustle, my friend. I, that's a... Heavy load for in general. You you mentioned Midnight Tales. Is that mid, the the Midnight Tales like out of Ohio? Is that the one? I about? think it's an offshoot of the Midnight Crypt magazine. Oh, okay. So I think it's like I think he has a like second dairy thing of just like short stories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I have a story in that actually as well too. There is like a. It seems like there's a lot of maybe I I, I suppose I wouldn't say stress but dedication to putting out comics i mean does does it ever get you know overwhelming uh yeah my yeah. face went numb <laughs> yeah, I, guess, yeah. I guess that, that <laughs> explains it right there i mean yeah tom like tom is tom is like comics from when he wakes up until he goes to bed you know like that's that's how he he that's that's all he does all day you know i have basically i'm a i'm a i'm self-employed but I have basically two full-time jobs worth of, you know, work. And then I do comics on top of that. It's a little different for me in the sense that I'm, I'm, I'm writing comics late at night or on the weekend or 10 minutes between here and there, you know, I'm looking at pages as they come in or, 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 or doing a, you know, lettering, uh, 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 lettering proof or whatever. I mean, if, if I could only do comics, that would be fantastic, you know, but, but yeah, so I have four, four or five things I'm working on right now, plus pitches I'm developing. So yeah, it's just, a, it's a total hustle. It's a total, it's a total grind, you know? And you know, there's always like, you know, you, you, you try to find that balance. Like, you know, you want to do the creator. I mean the, uh, the work for hire stuff because they pay, you know, sometimes there's royalties attached, you know? Um, and then, uh, that's work that, you know, gets in the comic stores and people can know your name. And then you try to get as much of your creator on stuff because, even though there's no money in it, that's how you make your reputation and you get to do the work you really want to do. Um, but you own the property in its entirety so that, you know, it's, 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 
you can hopefully make more money off of that in the future, you know, through, you know, media or, or, or other creator owned works or, you know, some editor at, you know, Marvel or something likes your creator owned book and they hire you to, you know, write fucking, you know, Mysterio miniseries or something like that. Right. So yeah, it's a total hustle and constantly. And, you know, not only that, but then it's like for every project you have, that is something that's going to come out. There's probably 10 that will never come out that you're kind of working on or talking about or texting with an artist about or whatever, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's more comics projects to be done than there are people to do them. And, you know, a lot of times things fizzle out for whatever reason, or you're, you're, you, you're pitching something with an artist and it just doesn't get picked up anywhere. And then they end up getting hired for something else. And it kind of, you know, so you spent weeks on a pitch, you know, all in, you spent weeks on a pitch all in and nothing ever happened with it, you know? So there's this, all this invisible time on top of, you know, the, the, where you actually see like the, the final product, you know, there's just tons of stuff that you just never see. I mean, I guess it's the same in any artistic pursuit, right? Like for every short story you get published, you probably got 10 that are just sitting in the fucking drawer, but they didn't take you any less time to write, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. You know, and I, I, I don't get to really like discuss with people much about just the actual grind of being a creative person and I'm not around anyone. So it's, it's, you know, it's interesting to hear your guys' perspective on the whole creative process. It's kind of something you can't stop doing, but I'm not necessarily going to recommend it to anybody. You know what I mean? That that's awesome. Yeah, my, 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 uh, my, my mentor, one of my mentors, uh, is this writer named, uh, Stephen Wright, not the, uh, not the comedian, but the, uh, the novelist he's written five or six novels since like 1980. Um, real methodical, really incredible writer. He told me once, if you can picture yourself doing anything other than being a writer, do that. Right. Like it was basically like, unless this is the only thing you can do and it's the, you know, you can't live unless you do this thing, do the other thing you, you, you think, you know, you, you like better. You know, he told me like, he says, I, he, he said, thinks like maybe I should have been a tattoo artist. Right. Cause like fucking you know being a novelist fucking hard life right like there's very few people who can live off of it you know so he he always sort of had these thoughts but then he's like well look i've been doing this for like 30 years what am i gonna do am i gonna you know do something else now like this is what i do you know so yeah that that whole that whole idea of if you could do something other than make comics you should go do that you know i think that applies and it applies to probably any you know creative endeavor um because the amount of time and money you put into something is so rarely going to be paid back in any satisfying fashion, you know? And, you know, as with, you know, it's like you, 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 you work months and months and months on a fucking graphic novel, say, right. And then the minute it comes out, you get a flurry of interest and then nobody ever thinks about it again. And all you can think about is, well, fuck, what am I going to do now? You know? So it's like, it's this constant fear of like, not having a next project like that when this thing comes out there's not going to be anything else to work on so you know a, a lot and, and when i find people i like to work with like tom and, and even when we're, we're working on a project like um I, like i'm doing a book with my buddy ken right now and we're almost done with it it's a real fucking bleak sci-fi thing called the left hand path but I, I called him the other day because i wanted to discuss an idea for another book to do after that because I have this sort of, A, I want to keep working with him because he's a great artist and I don't want anybody else to get him. But, you know, the other thing is like, 
I want to be able to just keep going. I want something else because if we stop, what happens, right? Like if I stop moving, I don't know if you feel that way, Tom, but that's how I feel. I I'm constantly overbooking myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The quiet is awful. The quiet is I, awful, but also as a letterer, right? It's a it's a it's a, a quantity game too, right? Yeah. Like to some extent. Yeah. the The pay is not great overall in lettering, and you you don't ever get a royalties, so uh, you gotta constantly be working. Yeah. I always yeah. hated the phrase, "If you love what you do, you won't work a day in your life." I just say you don't love something enough if you're not working hard towards it every day, and I mean that in everything. Like if you love someone and you want them to know you love them, you work every day towards that. Right. So I, I never like that saying. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you do pays you a million dollars a year. That is an applicable fucking way to put it. But um, Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you know, but but otherwise, yeah, like if it's something that just pays you a fucking normal, you know, that you gotta just fucking still gotta hustle. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, oh, would I rather be lettering comics or would I rather be, you know, a greeter in Walmart? I'd probably rather be lettering comics, right? But like <laughs> you're still hustling, right? Yeah. Like you're standing in Walmart for eight hours or you're sitting staring at your computer for eight hours. It's the same hustle, you know? It's just one of them is more preferable because I don't want to talk to people all day, you know? So <laughs> I feel like yeah. people forget that, you know, being interested in this stuff and working, working at making art and being creative is, you know, it is, to me, you guys are literally like, just like working class hard workers and driven by passion, you know, and I feel like that doesn't get, it doesn't really get respected enough to me. Um, you know, you think about people like in working class, they're as, you know, they're working in the plant or doing some kind of trade. What you guys do is just, you know, that's, that's fucking dedication. So, I mean, you guys definitely needed to be celebrated for that shit because I was talking about, you know, I, I get overwhelmed with how much stuff I got, on my plate with like gravel unusual and you know trying to you know uh you know write fiction and you know write a script and stuff but then I, you know i hear the shit you guys are doing and i'm like damn dude like you guys are inspiring so yeah that's awesome yeah i mean look putting out a fucking magazine is no fucking joke you know like that's a lot of fucking work especially when you're doing the entirety of it yourself you know and you got you know you got a family like yeah man this is just fucking busy like that's a that's a that's a that's an accomplishment, you know, to get, to get that shit done. I mean, you know, I always think like, I get this weird, like, I get this weird, like, you know, guilt sometimes where, you know, not doing something. And I'm like, fuck man, I bet Ed Brubaker's writing a fucking script right now. You know, <laughs> like, and it, it's weird because it comes to this compulsion where like, I actually can't relax. Like, I don't know how to relax. Like, yep. I don't know how to just sit down and fucking relax, you know, because it's like, well, I've got to do this and I've got to do this. Or if I'm or, or I'm feeling guilty because of what I'm not doing. Right. Like, well, I've got this long list. I've got this script that I need to revise and I got this pitch I need to do. And I got this person I need to email. And, you know, you just think about all this stuff, but you can't go nonstop all the time. You have to you have to like, you know, you have to slow down and, and take a break. And, you know, I mean, I try to make time to read every day, whether it's um you know, comics or a novel or whatever, just to like, cause I think that's a time when I can just kind of be quiet and my brain isn't fucking just hyper-focused on like all the ways I'm failing myself, you know? I can tell you guys are the same. I mean, I haven't had my jaw like go numb or anything, but 
I, dude, I've been there, man. I've been gritting my teeth. You know, I literally, from when I wake up in the morning, I'm always looking for extra time. You know what I mean? So, like, I started, like, waking up earlier. I'm like, oh, now I got more time to read. So now I'm just reading more. Now I'm just writing more. And now my plate's even more full. And, you know. Yeah. And sometimes I'm even, like, questioning. I'm like, dude, sometimes I think this is the last issue of Grateful Unusual. I don't know if I can do another one. But every time, you know, I kind of, like, learn how to, you know, confine each aspect of the process to where it is, you know, it's it's smoother. So, you know, the magazine is, it's smoother every time I do it, but still, you know, it's collecting everything together, getting everybody on board, you know, going back through, making sure I don't mess mess anything up, you know, um, but... Yeah, yeah. Dude, the fact that the fact that you've done more than one issue is insane. Like, yeah. first of all, think of like the number of like projects that people talk about that they just never do. Right? It's probably like ninety nine percent of all projects ever conceived. Right? People just don't do. Yeah. But then I think about the number of people I know who've started journals or fucking magazines or whatever or comics, and they got precisely one issue done and they never mentioned it again. Right? Like. Yeah. You've done what five so far? You're they're working on the fifth one now or something uh, like yeah five five. I actually just got the artwork for five. I've got all the comics together. Um, actually, I had everything together. I'm just waiting on the one piece of fiction, and then it's like you know I'm gonna start mapping it out and getting everything ready. Um, but yeah, man, yeah five. I never thought I would get to that point to be dude. Honest. That's a fucking that's a yep. fucking that's a fucking achievement, man. That's awesome. You know, yeah, that's a fucking achievement. Like that's five fucking issues, like. You know, that's that's far more than, you know, I, if you probably look at like the history of people who made like horror magazines, like how many of them there was like one fucking issue, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, oh, I'm sure. It's impressive. I'm sure. Oh, thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, it's, it's. And you create opportunities for guys like us who don't want to make a magazine, but. Yeah. Get to showcase in one. Well, like I told Scott, dude, I was like, you guys, without you guys sending me, um, that first one you guys did, I'm telling you, I would have had no hope for getting comics into the the magazine. You know, like I, I had like maybe like two other what what was in the the first issue. That was it. That's what I got. You know what I mean? And um, so yeah, you guys pretty much. I mean, you guys gave me gave me kind of a, a foundation for it. And every time you know coming out with something in it, you know that kind of kept the magazine afloat. And you know that kind of helped me spread the word about it so i i mean like i said i have to appreciate you guys for all your help yeah i think you know i i, I would just i would just you know text tom or email him or something and be like hey sh- you know what should we try to do something for the next issue or whatever you know like um we we kind of stockpiled a few things uh because we got in a groove there where we were just like let's keep making fucking comics it's pretty awesome and um, also you kind of need the grind at some point and it was like a motivation to like actually have a home somewhere so like i don't draw comics at all the way i used to like that first i i can barely look at that first page from uh the reflection because <laughs> yeah, yeah. all i can see is what i did wrong i don't see that like i accomplished like getting past that certain blockade of like i need to produce something like i, I don't know if i explained that correctly but it got me past whatever bullshit keeps somebody from doing what they got to do, you know, like I was like, I need to just draw a goddamn forest. I need to draw a house. (laughs) I need to draw a car. All right. Now I got to draw a kid playing basketball. And even within that little story, you can see 
like page one kind of sucks, but like the rest of it looks better. <laughs> and then, and then like, like even just to like behind the scenes, like that I used to, for those, I used to actually draw physical pages, but I've completely switched to fully digital. I used to ink digitally those pages, but I've gone, I've gone all digital with penciling and inking and everything I do now is sharper now and it ha- like I needed that grind I needed that goal I needed that I needed the right people at the right time to get me past whatever was holding me back yeah man I mean so so yeah I mean I know the digital thing is just such a help because we do true cult it's all digital um and it's so much easier to do a book because it's like Ah, fuck. Panel two, we fucked something up. It takes 20 seconds to fix it versus, yeah. all right, well, let me redraw it, you know, uh, or let me make a patch and then scan it and then fix it. You know, like it's 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 just such a it's such a tool, you know. Um, so the first story, though, you drew you you inked that or you inked that digitally. I, I drew it by hand, but inked it by digitally. So I was I was taking photos of it on my phone because I don't have a large format scanner because I drew board size which is a 11 by 17 or yeah. something around there so I would take a photo of it on my phone and then put it on the computer and ink over the picture right. of the pencil page <laughs> which got... has its own uh, problems to it you still got those boards man? I think so yeah oh, don't, don't do anything with them because uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. I want them I'll tell you, man. I, I I don't know how you got good at lettering, but uh, you know, and you were talking to Scott about how he's lettering his own, uh, you know, own work. That's, dude, that is hard, man. I've had a tough time doing it myself. I tried to do it by hand. Um, the last comic I drew, and I had to go back over it, and you know, edit it on Photoshop, and then like re put my own letters into it. And I'm telling you, man, it's 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 rough. I don't. So, so yeah, funny thing, like I had to letter my own comics in college and I was like, I'm never going to be a letterer. This sucks. <laughs> it just won't happen. So yeah, again, digital has given me a, a career. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny because I didn't think I would have a career. So, wait, so in college you were lettering by hand. Yeah. Yeah. I, that must suck. Yeah. That, that, that's gotta suck. E- even when I started digitally lettering for the first time, I was like, shit, you gotta do like all these balloons all the time. God damn. There's no way. So I, I can't, I like all the credit to the people before me who lettered by hand, like the Todd Kleins and the yeah. Pat Rousseau's and Dude, that's, like, the it's crushing, man. It's crushing. It really is. Like I, I just, and, and even like, like I didn't understand when um, me and uh, the first comic that I did on Gravel Unusual, he didn't draw any of the bubbles or anything, and I don't know how it works. I really don't have no clue. So I had to like make my own bubbles and scan them, and then go back into the panels, and you know like digitally put them in, and then put the text in. And dude, it was just yeah, it was definitely like a. But there's 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 no that's not far no, off. Yeah, really, there's no wrong way to do it. I mean that's. You actually like scanned like physic like you cut them out of paper and scanned them and put them in. Yeah, or you... yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I mean that's really what they used to do. Yeah, that's yeah. And I mean, then that's... if I liked a bubble good enough, you know, like I would reuse it in certain panels and and like like I said, I just told him he was like, "Do I have to put the you know the 
the bubbles in an olive. I was like, no, dude, don't worry about it. Whenever you get done with it, just I'll go back and do it, which was a mistake. I should have not agreed to that. But yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, it's, it's, I had before doing Gravely Unusual, I had no fucking clue how hard it was to put together a comic. Like I always did them in, you know, middle school and in high school, like just, you know, in art class and just like passed them around. And, but I never realized like how to really polish it and the whole process to make it, you know, ready for print. It was just, it was, it's, it's a nightmare. And <laughs> but, crazy. Yeah. But, I have but, to address one thing or I'll lose my letterers. Card. I know what, I know what you're going to say too, <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. The, the proper term is balloons, balloons, bubbles balloons, is for yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Thought I always, I always forget that there's different terminology. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never call me out on that one again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the- uh, Joey Cavalieri called me out in college for it. He, he, and Scott, did you know Joey? Oh yeah. Uh, he has this way of like he gets so depressed that you feel bad. Like Joey's like, oh, I failed you so bad that you said bubbles instead of balloons, and I was just like, I'm so sorry, Joey. <laughs> I'm so sorry for letting you down. I think that's the title uh, yeah. of this episode now is is uh is balloons not bubbles so I'm going <laughs> to title that one this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the the thing about lettering is like I'm at the point where I'm not horribly embarrassed by what I've done. Like when I look at it I'm like okay, I'm not like cringing at this. Um so you know, when I look at what Tom does, it's just it's un- it's 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 still to me like looking at like a fucking Caravaggio or something, right? I'm like I don't physically know how someone is able to do this, you know. Yeah, uh, it's, sure. it's 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 in, like I understand mechanically how you do it, but like visually, I can't I can't get there yet. Like my brain doesn't quite do that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a fucking it's a fucking uh, it's I, I have so much respect for 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 letterers, man, especially as a writer because. You know, you're, you 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 don't want to be a fucking asshole. Um, and I know a lot of writers are, are kind of thoughtless when it comes to their letterers. You know, they treat the first lettering pass as like a first draft of the script, you know, and not thinking that every change they ask for is time. The letterer is, is unpaid time for the letterer, you know, uh, going back and making corrections. So I always try to be really thoughtful and make sure that the draft I'm turning in is 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 the one but there's always going to be corrections and little yeah. fixes like once you see something on the page you're like shit it just doesn't work like it just has got to be fixed you know but i also think like i wanted to learn to to try to letter because i i i have ocd to a certain extent and i i see certain things and like i don't want to ask tom to change things because there's no fucking reason other than it bothers me psychologically right like it's not there's absolutely nothing wrong with it but it's like I don't want to be a pain. So that sort of, it, it allows me to sort of um, have the satisfaction of making it look exactly like I want it to look um, for like my little, you know, creator own books or whatever. But, um, but for anything that I'm actually doing to send out into the world, for the most part, like I'm going to get a professional to do it because I'm not an idiot, you know, other than, <laughs> other than, other than the book Tom and I do, because, you know, I think it kind of adds to the fun that, you know, the pro letterer didn't letter it, you know, um, and with the change in the art style on it, I think it just a, a, a fucking it just kind of adds to the fucking chaos of that book. I, I have a question, like out of sheer ignorance. Um, do do you make your own fonts? Like, do you make your own fonts, or like how does it? 
do, like do you write it down and like create the letters yourself or how does it work like in it i briefly you know i suppose i i for the most part use uh bought fonts uh there are letterers that you know do their own custom fonts like nate picos with blam bot uh probably countless others like clem clem robbins has his own font that he created but for like for the budget of what books pay and for the time they give you i i mostly use store-bought fonts like yeah you're you're not, you're not gonna do like todd klein on sandman which is where he created a different of different you know font for every single character in the yeah. book for 75 issues right like um I just feel like, you know, oh, I have a day to letter this book, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like you're not going to, you're not going to be, and, and, and then I'm going to, I think like any downtime you have, you're not going to go, oh, I actually have a free time, free time today. Let me, let me make a font. You know, you're <laughs> like, I'm going to go outside. I do want to get there, but <laughs> <laughs> I do want to create my own fonts, but I don't, I don't think I'm there yet. Uh, it seems, it seems, uh. There's some cool ones on um, on Blambot. I think like the the, the correct the eyes on their own and like yeah, y'all really are gonna cool have to stuff. show me how to get to some good uh, good fonts because I absolutely hate the font that I've been using for the last uh, like three comics I've done. So you guys are gonna have to show me where to get some good fonts. <laughs> the good thing about Blambot is that he's fair priced and uh, some are free. Yeah, he's got free ones on there, so you can download them and and like you know play around with them and then. You know, it's funny because even though I'm very much an amateur letterer, like, uh, you know, I get I got all the free ones. It's like those will be fine. But then once you actually start working, you're like, yeah, you know, they're not fine. Like now I understand. So mm -hmm. now I'm in there, you know, downloading or you know buying fonts, you know, from from Blambot or or from from whomever, um, because I'm like, no, this is I need I need to, this design font for this sound effect, right? So. But then you just say, well, here's one that I have now. Here's another, you know, sort of arrow in the in the in the arsenal, you know. Yeah, sound effects are really the only opportunities and logos. Uh, sound effects and logos are the only times where I have the opportunity to like hand draw something. If I yeah, I was going to ask you if something. you got to do the like the like the you know the onomatopoeias and stuff. If you when it's like you know pow or whatever, I didn't know if. You got to do a lot of the time. Yourself. A lot of time. That's me. Uh, I'm working on Catwoman now, which the artist is doing all the sound effects. So that's that's rare. Uh, for the most parts, all my pals, blams and kabams. Tom, who's the who's who's the greatest letterer who ever lived? I mean, if it's based on Eisner's Todd Klein. <laughs> uh, my personal favorite is Clem, though. Yeah, I really love his balloons and his sense of why wow, I forgot the word. Uh, his composition of the, yeah. the reading order and stuff. Yeah, he's 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 so subtle too. Like you you don't really look at that and go, "Wow, there's nothing dazzling about it at all." But it's so effective. He also it like if you like research him, he has like a crazy amount of ligatures because he just keeps adding to his font like. Yeah. Oh, the when the E is next to the this E, but is near a P, it, it looks like this, and right. it, it just ha he has all these automated things that it's insane. Which is funny because he uses that same font for everything. Yeah. So you can instantly tell it's him who lettered it. You know. Yeah. Um, 
and you don't really think about that much going into it, but it, you know, it's really complex. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot when you really start looking into it is there's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's very impressive. Um, you know, the whole, uh, like everything behind it, like the thought behind every single letter you put down, you know, it's, it's interesting. I really love, uh, like, um, like old 2000 ADs, um, like Judge Dredd and stuff. If you look like every panel's got like a crump or a, or splat or something like literally yeah, like yeah. all <laughs> sound effects so it like makes the the story just like just like flow like you know like just like a perfect wavelength and it kind of just carries everything and um i really loved uh i love uh like swamp things like when swamp thing would talk he, he yeah oh yeah he's got a whole different panel i don't know did wrightson do those by hand or was that like a letter i really have no idea the letterer probably did that. Yeah, I think that was the letter. Yeah, yeah, I love that his his you know he oh has his own specific um, specific balloon. So uh, see, I said balloon that time. Or would it be a bubble? Because no, nope. no. Okay, okay, okay. All right. <laughs> Bubbles yeah. is really just for the thoughts. It's really never used again. Okay. Anything that is dialogue that's spoken is balloon. The easy way to think of it is that the average balloon is red and it has a tail. Uh, so you can think of it as a string and a balloon. These are important distinctions to make. <laughs> it really yeah. is. I, 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 I use the balloon analogy a lot because even the way you want... So very old school rules is that you want balloons always floating towards the top of a panel. So, and then you want the tail to lead in the middle of the balloon because you're, it's supposed to be them filling it up with air and it looks more natural if it's coming through the middle. So the middle is expanding as they talk. Interesting. I need to make sure. I Sorry. I'm, that, that, <laughs> I'm writing down that so might I have don't make any taboos. Uh, <laughs> Chemicals and drugs were used to raise, then remove states of anxiety. Other techniques of mind control included hours of chanting and listening to tapes like this. 